BYU Sports Nation getting better one position group at a time. BYU football putting the pieces in place, but which group deserves the most attention? We'll ask the foremost voice in preseason college football what he thinks Phil Steele makes his BYU Sports Nation debut. Plus, how is BYU part of SportsCenter's number one play? Let's go. Uh This is BYU Sports (laughs) Nation presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. High five to start the week off right. It's June. It's June. I can't believe it. Our producer, Ben Bagley, made a good point, which means the next month is July, July, and then which after means that the next is month August, is August. Fall camp, and, then, and then football. Yep. BYU Sports yeah. Station, back to work on your radio and TV, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. As Jerem mentioned, it is June. Monday, June 2nd, in fact. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the self-proclaimed foremost authority on the Lou Groza Award, Jerem. I'm still pondering whether I should do that, be the Heismanologist, if you will, of the Lou Groza Award, best kickers. Kickers and punters. Yeah. My my goal with that, if I really did it, would, you you know, you have to make a website or whatever, and then to get on a show as the expert on that, how silly and dumb would that be? Let's bring in our Lou Groza Award specialist, (laughs) Jerem Jordan. Kickerologist. That'd be dumb. Hey, great to have you with us, everyone. Uh, also, all 17 hairs on Jerem's upper lip have been neatly groomed for this show. And they got individual attention this morning with the comb. <laughs> One, two. <laughs> There's an Old Spice three. commercial with Will Ferrell <laughs> where he combed. I can't remember the movie in ba- with basketball. Semi-pro. Semi-pro, that yeah, okay. All yeah. 1,000 hairs. Yes. <laughs> Individually combed. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUS and link up across BYU Sports Nation wherever, whenever, and sound off on today's Twitter question. The question is, what is BYU football's strongest position group entering the 2014 season? Weigh in using the hashtag BYUSN. This is a loaded topic. Jeremy and I will give our opinions on that matter in just a few moments. We've already got some great responses coming in. Continue to use the hashtag BYUSN. Listen to our show, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143, simulcast live on BYUTV.org. Let's get it started right again. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. Positioning for the win. First run play. We'll swing it back to Jamal Williams. What a start for BYU. Touchdown Cougars. What is BYU football's strongest position group? Houston game. That's what that was. That's what it was. That's right. The first That's a touchdown. fun game. We, we should do that. We play play a, a call from the year and guess what game was. 7 nothing at that point. It ended a lot higher than that. Yes, it did. 47-46. Some of you may be saying, it's June 2nd. Why are you talking about position groups at this point? Who's saying that? Come on. We say August 29th is right around the corner. Countdown to Connecticut. 88 days. Happy Dennis Pitta Ravens Day. That's right. Dennis Pitta, number 88. Good call. 32 at BYU. You'll see all of the position groups in 88 days at Rentschler Field in East Hartford, Connecticut on August 29th. Strongest group? Well, there are a few that come to mind quickly and kind of headline the forefront of this discussion. Let's start with the receivers. They bring pressure on first down. Hill booting. Looking to the end zone. It's Oppo one more time. Touchdown, BYU. Also from the... Houston game. game. That's right. Ross Oppo had two touchdown catches in that game against the Cougars of Houston. 
Now, the receivers are transfer heavy. Ross Oppo aside, words that describe individuals in this core, Jerem. Explosive. That from NFL.com. <laughs> proven. That also from NFL.com. Stupid fast. Hold on. Proven? For Jordan, the group. Jordan Leslie. Yes. Okay. But at, at BYU with Taysom Hill. Still, I think it's proven. Mitch Matthews. Okay. No, no, no. Nothing's proven with Jordan Leslie and Taysom Hill. I hope that he's fantastic. Okay, between the two. But Jordan Leslie, as an individual. Yes. He is a proven dude. Yes. He's a proven commodity. The proven guy here. Michael Bodmer, former BYU TV employee, described Devon Blackman as stupid fast. Okay. Explosive, stupid fast, proven. Those, when you hear those words, how do you not get excited about the potential of this group? Okay. The running backs also experienced. Jamal Williams might be the best ever in BYU history. Defensive backs, they're off the radar, but I can't remember a time that they have been that loaded. Five guys that I trust in four positions. Yeah, when has that happened the last time at BYU? Yes, it's been been a while. (laughs) Linebackers. All five guys. Kafusi moving back to the edge. Fua, proven. Nikula, Leo Tadoy, or is a budding star? There is a legitimate debate brewing here. Because there is so much raw talent that we see coming in, whether it be by transfer uh, from other Division One programs through JCs. Recruiting has been really good out of high school. But I'm going to start my opinion with the wide receiver group. I'm on the wide receiver train. Okay? Yeah, we need to, we need to pull the horn on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jordan Leslie, proven commodity at Utah. Great, the train is back. Devon Blackman, <laughs> Oregon recruit. Oh, no. Oregon recruit. He went to Oregon. Had good success at a SoCal junior college, a notable one. Nick Kurtz. He's unknown, but heavily recruited. USC. Wes Welker's favorite receiver. If Wes Welker wants him, do you not buy into that? Mitch Matthews, experienced, tall, good hands. He's getting bigger and stronger. Ross Oppo has been in the program for four years. Kurt Henderson is Skyler Ridley Part 2. Is Oppo related to Ross Oppo? <laughs> no, he is not. He is not. <laughs> and Brandon Davis and Kyle Collingsworth. Collingsworth and, and Noah Hartstock. Har- Noah Hartstock. Yes. Keanu Nelson, the transfer from Stanford, he is an unknown. What will he do? Will he be the next J.D. Falslip? All I'm seeing is I'm looking at seven names Guys that all make me excited. They can all make exciting plays. Okay? So that alone for me is like, okay, show me a position group that has more talent from top to bottom and explosiveness than the wide receiver group. Okay, here's the thing with that group, Spencer. It's a box of unopened fireworks. (laughs) It could be the coolest thing ever. There might be some duds in there. (laughs) I hope not. Like, I, all those things... I agree with you, and I love this group. I'm really excited but about that. But fireworks nonetheless, right? But it, but it makes me a little nervous. It, it does, because we just don't know, like, how good is Nick Kurtz going to be right away? Buey needs him to be a good player. Jordan Leslie, I trust uh, a lot out of this group. Mitch Matthews is coming off of shoulder surgery. Can Ross Oppo make a jump? You take Nick Kurtz out of, out of this rotation, and I'm still excited about it. That's how, that's how so, confident so I am in the wide I. receiver group. But what is the strongest group right now? The proven commodity is the running backs. It is. Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Sell me on it, Jerem. I will right now. Bop, bop, bop. 643. <laughs> BYU rushed for 643 more yards than the previous school record in 2013. 
That's a lot. Sorry to interrupt your dancing. 643. BYU ran for 3,000. I'm sorry, 3, I wasn't paying attention to a thing you just said. 475. No one does with this mustache. That blew away the previous record of 28-21 in 2001. Which had the Doak Walker Award winner in yes. Luke Staley. And BYU returns 99% of its rushing yards from last year, including... The running back, Taysom Hill, who also plays quarterback. He doesn't count, okay? Taysom I'm, Hill does not count in this group. You're right, he doesn't. But I, I, I do like this group. Jamal Williams is going to end up as the number one rusher in BYU history. He needs 1,500-plus to uh, get that record. He could get that record this year, maybe. Algernon Brown uh, doesn't get a lot of carries. I think that guy's a stud. Paul Lasique is turning into quite the good football player. Adam Hine is sneaky behind there. Nate Carter is in the mix. He, all spring football first teamer. I don't see he'll <laughs> he won't see a lot of time. But hey, the Nate running can play, man. The, you're right. The the wide receivers have the most upside, if you will, if we're going to use that draft buzzword. But the running backs are the proven commodity, and the fact that you bring back Taysom and this group, BYU as a rushing offense, solid, really solid. So you're going off of okay. This is what I know because I have seen it. Yes. Now for BYU to make the jump to ten or eleven wins, those receivers have to be dynamite. Pun intended with the fireworks. Where's the faith, Jerem? Where's the BYU sports? I have a ton of faith. Faith based. Okay, you've seen the running backs. That's the easy choice. Take a chance. The wide receivers. Yeah, they are on open fireworks. That's cute. The running backs return <laughs> 99. You just lost Cody Hoffman. Like, you need a huge yeah, guess year what? from guess those what? guys. You lost Cody Hoffman. And how many BYU fans are talking about, oh, man, we just lost Cody Hoffman. What are we going to do? They're you, not. You might. After They're they, not. I hope not to remember Cody Hoffman. I say that in a good way. In that, that first game after Connecticut, you go, oh, wow, we have some good options. Not all of these guys that you mentioned at receiver, especially the transfers, need to be great or even good. Some of them just need to be okay. Kurt Henderson, when you get in there, if Kurt Henderson has 10 catches this year, fantastic. Skyler Ridley part two for me. Yes. You want Devon Blackman to be crazy explosive. You need Jordan Leslie to have the most catches on the team, hopefully several that are deep. You need Nick Kurtz to be in the mix, Mitch Matthews, Ross Oppo. I mean, you have some good options. I think there's such a thing as too many good things, right? But BYU's got weapons there. Can these guys be proven? Can Taysom Hill get them the ball? Can the O-line block? A lot of questions. But we know what the running backs can do, which is 643 more yards than any other team in the history of Brigham. That included Taysom Hill, though. (laughs) It should. When he runs the ball, he's a running back. He's really good at it. When Devon Blackman. It's unfortunate he can't be counted as a running back. When Devon Blackman catches the ball behind the line of scrimmage, he's going to join this group. Our Twitter question today is What is BYU football's strongest position group entering the 2014 season? Bring on Twitter. Okay, the first one, at JMG Kugman. Anyone who doesn't say running backs is the strongest position group entering 2014 just isn't paying attention. Shot fired. I am paying attention. (laughs) I am tuned in, okay? What my argument is, when I look at the potential of a group and the explosiveness within a group, I feel like the wide receivers can dominate for BYU this year. The running backs are going to be there. I know they're going to be consistent, and I know that they're going to be physical, and they're going to be good. They are the strongest I feel like group. the wide receivers can be dynamite, that word that you used. I feel like they can steal the show. I hope they do. I really hope they do. At Tana Chris, running backs are the deepest with proven numbers and talent, but if the wide receivers live up to the hype, they may be the strongest. I feel the same way. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that, that's the discussion today between us, is do you go with what we already know, or... Do you put enough yes, faith? Yes, that's you, what it is right now. Do you now. put enough faith into 
the potential that lies on the wide receiver group to say, yeah, they're, they're the strongest position group. This is an intriguing conversation. Send in your responses no, it's using not. the hashtag. It's running backs. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking. Also trending in BYU Sports Nation, BYU men's soccer beat the Las Vegas Mobsters 3-2 and bounced back after a 2-0 loss to FC Tucson. Oh, by the way, BYU was part of the number one play on SportsCenter's top 10. Unfortunately, a player from FC Tucson, FC Tucson was responsible for scoring kick. against BYU. What a play. It was amazing. It was awesome. At one number of the one prettiest goals I've seen. On SportsCenter. Joe Parkinson, our buddy. On the BYU golf team, won the Salt Lake Amateur on Saturday by a stroke. Congratulations to Joe Parkinson. He continues to get it done. We, we should ask it was him yesterday, for some, actually. We should ask him for some golf tips. You we don't should. need him. I need him. Whatever. He's the foremost man. expert for previewing college football. Yeah, what's Which up? Which position group does he oh. think is best? And what are his expectations for the Cougars? Phil Steele tells us yeah. next. This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jeremy Jordan live in Studio B. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. The show airs weekdays, noon Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, simulcast on BYU TV. Jeremy, do you know what happens three weeks from today? BYU Football Media. Dude. Yes! Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, June 23rd, mark it down, BYU TV. Uh, BYU Football Media Day. Still uh, details to be announced uh, on what exactly is going on that day, but a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff in the works. Four hours of live programming dedicated to Cougar football on BYU TV. Not to mention web chats. So <laughs> that's just that's called a tease. Jerem will also shave his mustache that day. Oh, not that day. Probably well before that. Really? Well, I don't know. This is a joke, man. Okay, I'm saying it's it's a guarantee on my part that it will be gone by media day. On your part? Yes. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have no please, idea. Please, Jerem. Please. Oh, for the sake of media day. Let's do it on the show. Whatever. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, that's a great idea. Ben Bagley, mark that down. Jerem wants to shave the mustache on the show. Okay. In between, sir. <laughs> it should take about 10 seconds. Uh, our Twitter question today is, what is BYU football's strongest Point position Spencer. group entering the 2014 season? With that, we welcome in our first guest, the foremost authority on preseason college football, Phil Steele, a guy who writes two-page reports for all 128 Division I college football programs and still has time to eat dinner and sleep. Phil, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, good to talk to you guys. And uh, how'd you sneak the cameras in over here? I didn't even see you guys setting up this morning. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> the author of Phil Steele's College Football Preview. You're the guy that a lot of people say, hey, he, he writes the Bible on college football. Phil, how did that journey begin to where you are today? Well, you know, uh, I was writing a football newsletter about 25 years ago. And what I would do is run out and buy all the preseason magazines when they came out. And uh, they just never had enough information for me. As you know, reading the magazine, we're not like the other ones. Uh, I just have information on top of information. You want pretty pictures. You want uh, articles about players and things. Go to somebody else's magazine. But if you want 128 media guides basically rolled into one, all the information on the same page on every team. And we get the same amount of coverage to a team like uh, UL Lafayette as we do to teams like Notre Dame and Alabama. Uh, you know where the starting left tackle is on every page. You know if a score happened three years ago, you know exactly where to look on the page. If you want to know what a team's rushing number was 
four years ago, you know the exact spot to look on the page. It's laid out the way that I would use the magazine. So what we did is I, I started a magazine uh, 20 years ago. It was black and white on newsprint. I covered 88 college football teams, wrote it all myself, but it's about 168 pages. Now we're up to 352 pages. Oh, this seems like a book when you get it. Full color naturally, as opposed to the one cover like it was back 20 years ago. It's now up to all the different regional covers here in our 20th year, and it's uh, it's really been a labor of love. A lot of uh, lot of hours invested in it. Big staff that works for me, and they all invest a lot of hours as well. So, what goes into actually making this year's edition, Phil? Well, I start writing it uh, right as soon as the uh, the, mag- the season is over. In fact, uh, once those Thanksgiving Day games end and some of the team's seasons have finished, we're already compiling all the stats and triple-checking them to what the school has, the conference has, the NCAA has. Uh, I start writing some of the teams then. I actually go through three different write-throughs for every team. I do one in December and January. Then I do a pre-spring one, and then I do a post-spring write-through. Each time I spend about four hours on the team, read through every single article that's ever been written about the team for the entire <laughs> year to give myself all that information. I can and, tell uh, you did that by reading about BYU. Seriously. What? What's that? I can tell that you read oh, gotcha. a, a ton about BYU to put in this information. Yeah, and it it really gets, takes me through the entire season. The way I like to write a team is spend four hours with the team and learn it inside and out day by day from the season and then go ahead and write each each individual position. And, you know, you could check me on all the the little teams as well. You want to talk about Ohio U, we cover them the same exact way. So it's uh, a lot of work goes into it, though. Phil Steele, college football insider, the man who writes the college football Bible on BYU Sports Nation. What I want to know is, do you do anything besides analyze college football and eat and sleep, Phil? You have hit it precisely on the head. <laughs> uh, in fact, uh, you know, my wife does anything to do with the house. It's hers, and, and I have uh, very little time for anything else. And in fact, my knowledge, if you guys want to quiz me on basketball, Forget about it. I can tell you that some guy, LeBron James, played here in Cleveland at one time, but other than that, I can't tell you anything about the NBA. Can't talk to you about baseball. Don't talk to me about hockey or soccer. But if you want to talk to me about college football, I can handle it. And same thing with other TV shows or anything like that. I I really have no knowledge of anything except college football. There's just so many hours to put into the day. Absolutely, and that's what we're here to uh, discuss with you. Phil Steele is on BYU Sports Nation. You ended uh, your Phil's forecast by saying this about BYU. Uh, BYU will top last year's eight win total, so nine-plus wins. So my question for you is, which games do you see BYU possibly losing or tougher games for the Cougars? Excellent question, and uh, there's four games in particular. Uh, the first one is an easy one. It's University of Texas on the road. Now, as we saw last year, BYU played pretty well against Texas at home, just dominated them. Uh, Texas has a new defensive coordinator since then, so I think they're going to try to figure out how to stop the run in that game. But Taysom Hill had a fantastic game running the football, and BYU just shredded Texas. Getting them on the road in a revenge match is not going to be an easy situation. I have them about a touchdown underdog in that game, and it is a pretty good Texas team. Now, at UCF on a Thursday, I don't have a large underdog. I'm a small underdog in that game. Uh, UCF has, uh, they've got, despite losing Bortles and some key players on the defense, to me they're the best team in the AAC this year. They're at home in Florida. you got the humidity going on, and, and uh, it could be, it's a Thursday night, so it probably won't be that bad because it's at night. But UCF is a very good team, and I would put BYU a slight underdog there. Boise State, I think this year's 
Boise State team is one that could be one of those 11-win Boise teams, despite losing Chris Peterson. Uh, I think playing on the blue turf is always tough, and uh, that's a game where I have a slight underdog. And then one toss-up game, which might surprise you guys, it's California on the road. When I, when, when I look at the talent California has, yeah, they lost a bunch of guys who left early for the NFL, but I think some of those guys were sort of pushed out the door anyway. They have talent on the defense. They have talent on the offense. Uh, you've got uh, Dykes in his second year there, and I think Cal's a, a little tricky of a game. We'll see what type of Cal team they have at the end of the year. But those would be the four games, and that's why I was feeling pretty confident that BYU will top last year's eight-win total because I don't see him dropping all four, but those would be the danger games on the schedule. Phil Still, the author of Phil Still's College Football Preview. It hits newsstands on June 24th on BYU Sports Nation. Phil, you have BYU strength to schedule at 73. I feel like if the Cougars win 10 games and can string together a couple of wins against the likes of Texas, Houston, Boise State, and Central Florida, they can be a top 25 team, which is really the only indicator of national prominence for BYU as an independent. What kind of a shot do you feel BYU has to make this a special season with their schedule? I think they do have an excellent shot at it. And, uh, you know, I didn't rank them in the top 25 at the start of the year. But if there was one team which, in my analysis, breaking it down, uh, there was – give you an example. Uh, With BYU this year, in the front of my magazine, I have all the individual units ranked, uh, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, special teams. BYU actually comes up in my ratings in five of those eight categories. That makes them a pretty good team. Not a lot of teams in the country are ranked in five of the eight categories. So that just tells you the overall level they have. And and two of the areas they're not, defensive line and linebacker, are two of the areas that BYU usually produces pretty good uh, players at those units. So I, I think the potential is there for BYU at the end of the year to be ranked in six or seven of those categories. This is a quality team. The only game I have them a touchdown underdog is Texas. Every other game below that. So if the things go their way, and that's always a big thing in college football, turnovers, injuries, breaks of the game. But if everything goes BYU's game, and you tell me at the end of the year this team goes 11-1, and one, I, I wouldn't put it past them. And then playing in the Miami Beach Bowl wouldn't be a bad game either, uh, down to spend your uh, your winter in Miami for a couple of days. Yeah, we're very much looking forward to that. <laughs> Absolutely. We're hoping uh, to uh, be down there. Phil Steele is on BYU Sports Nation. What does BYU need to do nationally to maintain relevance as an independent, in your opinion, Phil? Well, I think they have to keep rattling off the 10-win seasons. That's uh, clearly what they have to do. And also, there needs to be the games against the big boys. Now, if I'm a big boy, I don't play BYU. I say, you know what? That's a tough game. That's a game we could potentially lose. I don't see it as a win-win situation for me. But as long as they're still able to bring in the Texases, Houstons, other teams like that, and then knock them off on occasion, uh, I think BYU can stay relevant. Phil Steele on BYU Sports Nation right now. You can follow him on Twitter at PhilSteele042. Is that right? That's right. Phil Steele 042 is the Twitter. Where does the 042 come from, Phil? Yeah, the girl setting up the accounts that Phil Steele's taken, and those three numbers came in my head, and she just <laughs> put them up there. So that's back then when I didn't even know what Twitter was, when she uh, set up the account, I think, three, four years ago. Keep in mind, I just study college football, so I'm not texting or anything like that during my spare time. But now I do. I do actually tweet uh, during the day, and I, I like Twitter an awful lot. You've got 60,000 followers, so uh, it's apparently you're, you're it's working right. out for you. Phil still with us on BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question today, uh, Phil, is which of the position groups is the strongest for BYU football entering the 2014 season? Where do you feel like the strength of this football team is? 
Well, I'll give you the five positions that I have them ranked. I got them with the number 37 defensive backs in the country. And BYU usually finishes in the top 25 of my past two rankings. It's up there. Didn't quite make it. Uh, running backs, I got them number 27. I'm really high on Jamal Williams. Yeah. Love watching this guy run the football. He alone it makes them up there. But uh, there's good depth there at the, at the running back spot. I like Algernon Brown. I think Algie can uh, step in there and have a good year. Adam Hines capable. So the running back core is solid. Quarterback, Taysom Hill, I think he'll improve his accuracy. We know he's a dangerous runner. Another year running the offense. I've got them as the number 17 quarterbacks in the country. Wide receivers, how about number 21? Yes. Wow. Offense okay. gone. Ridley's gone. There's a lot of key players out. But how about adding in an Oregon transfer? Devin Blackman is my number seven rated wide receiver. Apple is my number Sorry, 30 num- rated. Number out, seven in the country? Out of, out of high school. Out oh, of high at, school. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah. So, in other words, they're what I call VHTs, and, and you can, uh, you know, those players usually develop. Uh, Nick Kurtz was my number 46-rated Juco. Mahina at uh, the tight end spot. They're deep at, at receiver, but I'll go with my number one unit, the offensive line. I read them the number 15 offensive line in the wow. country. These guys are all, what, 33 years old out there? 38. By the time they yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They got, it's a veteran group. You look at the career starts. Last year they only had 44 career starts. This year they got 87 career starts. Uh, last year they opened up holes for uh, 5.2 yards per carry, 267 yards per game rushing. Sacks need to be improved upon. Last year they gave up 38 sacks. But it was one of the, the less experienced lines BYU's put on the field. I think that the group, if you look them across the board, this is a big group of guys that uh, are going to be able to protect the quarterback. Now, that's the most interesting thing you've said so far is because BYU fans will say, what, number 15? Uh, two BYU fans last year, the O-line was the thing with the biggest question mark, the biggest struggle, maybe the weakest to some BYU fans. Yet you think they'll make a big jump because of the experience? Uh, the experience, the size, and uh, experience is a lot in the, in the offensive lines. That's why every year in the magazine I put career starts. Mm-hmm. And if you go back, and I've got a database taking me back like 20, 22 years of career starts, you can see teams that have a big upgrade in, in the amount of career starts, usually upgrade. And BYU's produced some quality offensive lines in the past. Of course, I think at times last year, some of the sacks might have been uh, Taysom Hill holding on to the ball a little long. Mm-hmm. Another year experience for him. If he does gets rid of the ball a little bit quicker, the sack total drops down a little. I do think the offensive line is going to surprise a lot of BYU fans this year. Phil Steele on BYU Sports Nation. How much weight do you place on offensive line starts when you're projecting the success of a team in the future? Uh, it's, you know, I do nine different sets of power ratings. Uh, the offensive line starts are probably factored into three or four of those nine sets of power ratings. And then when I play all the nine different power ratings into the schedule, generally what you get is nine different types of results, uh, you know, from uh, projected wins and losses. But uh, I, I do factor it in. You want to have a veteran offensive line. I think it's both the line plays. The offensive line and defensive line are, are things that, get past a lot of people. Everyone wants to talk about the quarterback, running back, receivers, but you have to have quality line play up front to be successful. Phil Steele is on BYU Sports Nation. The big question uh, in my mind for BYU's success in 2014 is can Taysom Hill make the jump? That is, from sophomore to junior, second year as a starter. If so, BYU can do special things. What do you think uh, Taysom Hill will do in 2014? 
Uh, as mentioned, I'm pretty bullish on Hill. I've got him rated as number 17 quarterback unit. It's not because of the backups. The backups are lightly experienced. But look at what Hill did the first three games last year. He hit 35% of his passes. Ugh. He did complete 60% of his passes over the last 10 games. Now, generally, what I see out of quarterbacks is when somebody does improve like that from the first start or the start of the year to the end, they're picking up things. The game's starting to slow down. Reading defense is better. I do think we'll see him above uh, the 54% completion, more towards the 60 that he had the last 10 games, if not above that 60. We know he's a dangerous runner, but I don't think Taysom Hill is uh, going to be uh, like they had a couple years ago when they had uh, Riley Nelson at quarterback. You know, I think that Hill has the potential to get there as a passer and like the progression I saw last season. Phil, I have a question for you in regards to when you when you go to publication and when your deadlines are due. Like BYU has been become transfer you all of a sudden. They get Jordan Leslie from UTEP, an accomplished receiver. Harvey Jackson, a safety from Nebraska. Keanu Nelson, a transfer from Stanford. Did those happen before or after your magazine went to press? And does that change your outlook on BYU at all? I had all those guys in the magazine. The Leslie pickup was sort of late in the publication process, but that's a significant one because Leslie, of course, led UTEP in receptions last year, 973 yards, 13.1 yards per carry. All three of those guys made my magazine pages, and I could probably thank the NFL draft for that. They pushed the draft back, <laughs> yeah. so I pushed the, the, the release of my magazine. And, you know, now the, we used to release around the start of June. I was still, I still had like three weeks to go in my writing, and other magazines were starting to say, hey, we're out and published. So I think we're the latest magazine this year, the most current magazine this year. It actually hits the newsstands June the 24th in the bookstores. But uh, if any of your listeners out there would be interested in picking up a copy, and like I said earlier, 352 pages, this thing's like a book, like getting 128 media guys rolled into one, uh, you can go to philsteel.com right now. That's S-T-E-E-L-E. Go to philsteel.com. Order your magazine. I'm expecting the truckload. I keep looking out the window. It should come in here any day now. As soon as we get the magazines coming in, we're going to ship them right out to you. You'll have them in your hands well before the magazine actually hits a newsstand. So go to philsteel.com to order your copy today. I have pre-ordered mine, so we appreciate the time, Phil. Thanks for the insight. Thank you for giving us Christmas in June, Phil. <laughs> hey, it was great talking football with you, and we ought to do this more often, especially uh, with the big serious uh, uh, network there on 143. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice plug. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> All right, have a good one, guys. Great talking football with you. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, wow, how about Phil picking the offensive line as the strongest position that's, group? That's so interesting to me. He thinks that BYU will make this huge jump based on experience and continuity. It's funny that when you're closest to the program, you think one thing, and then you get someone that's looking at it a little differently. Uh, I, li- I like the insight. You know how much I would love for the offensive line to be the strongest position group? Because that makes everything that else better. Everything. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Keep your responses coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Which position group do you feel will be the strongest in 2014? BYU Sports Station rolls on. Simulcast on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. But if everything goes this is Bronco Mendenhall, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. But if everything goes BYU's game, and you tell me at the end of the year this team goes 11-1, and one, I, I wouldn't put it past them. Phil Still, college football insider and writer of the preseason college football Bible, really. He writes two pages for all 128 Division I teams. It's intense. Like, there's a ton of text there, but he's plugged in. It's amazing how much more plugged in he is than the other people. He just told us on BYU Sports Nation that the Cougars 
could go 11-1, and and he would not be surprised because of the weapons that they bring back, uh, they bring back in 2014. And the schedule. He has BYU as the 73rd ranked schedule, strength of schedule. So it's not crazy strong, so BYU has an opportunity to do something special with this schedule. And th- that's what we've talked about. It's not as tough as 2013. But there's enough. There are but enough there is named enough. Yes. teams. Texas, yes. Houston, Boise State, Central Florida, who he said is the best team in the American entering 2014. You know what's interesting? The Cal, a win at Cal would do more than you'd think. Just because it's a P5, yeah, even he, though they're terrible. He said that that is the tricky game. November 29th, I believe, the final game on the schedule, on the road, that's, at Berkeley. I want to say that's the same weekend as the Maui Invitational for BYU Hoops, by the way. It is. That'll be a busy weekend. He says that they have to... I thought he was going to say Houston. Like Houston at home, coming off of the Texas game. You only got five days to prepare. But then he said, the one that you not, might not be thinking about is California. I... Pfft. Berkeley was terrible last year. Yeah, yeah they were Sun- a terrible program last Sunny year. Sonny Dykes is, was at uh, Louisiana Tech. You know, the year before that, last year they were bad. They returned their quarterback. So we'll we'll see what they've got. What do they do? They're really you know who's missing stuff. on schedule? Utah. Oh, Still not over that. I. That's the dumbest thing ever that BYU and Utah <laughs> are playing. What the heck? <laughs> that is the you don't like hyperbole so i know you really mean that that is the dumbest thing ever i love hyperbole i just think it's over <laughs> <laughs> the spencer, greatest secondary in BYU history. yeah spencer linton and jerem jordan hanging out in studio b we just talked to phil Steele. his college football insider magazine uh is loaded with information it hits newsstands on june 24th Fourth, the day after media day. So he says that he so he ranks the different position groups. He said BYU showed up in five of five of the eight position groups showed up. He said DBs number thirty seven. That's a good spot for BYU to be in. BYU doesn't. Have, you're in the top third. Yeah, number twenty seven running backs. Okay, okay now you're solid. in the top fourth. Yes, number seventeen quarterbacks. That's all on Taysom, Christian Stewart. And he Take said that they're lightly experienced, but I'm, he's, he said he's big on Taysom it's on, Hill. It's all on Taysom Hill. Stop it. Who's next to Taysom. Number 21, wide receivers. Now that, now, that is giving a lot of stock into what we were talking about in the A block, which is the first segment, which is a lot of talent there. And that's what this is. This is based on what you think they can do. Wait, did Phil now, rank the, did now, he rank now the I, wide receivers above the running backs? He did. Yes, wow. he did. Okay. Now, I think that he thinks Devon Blackman's out of high school. That's, that's why he ranked him number seven. Hit. I don't think he realized he was a JC guy. I didn't want to bring that up, but I th- had him. Oh, rank oh seven. I get it. Yeah, okay, he had, had him rank had seventh him, coming yeah, out of high school. Ear. Had him rank number seven out of high school. Of course, Phil Steele. He wouldn't come on. Come it's, on. Phil, it's Phil Steele. I was confused in the moment, but yeah, Devon Blackman, big time talent there. And then the one that surprises us the most, number fifteen, offensive line. Huh? Yeah, that's the huh moment. He said they have eighty-seven career starts now. Eleven guys started a game last year. 10 return. You add Tuni Kanuch. You add Ului Lapuaho. I think the O-line takes... Bronco is super high. Okay, of all the groups that will take the biggest leap, to me, I think it's going to be the O-line because they struggled a little bit last year. I think they make a leap this year. They have more room for improvement, and I think they make it. Guess what? It's like we said at the end of the last segment. If the offensive line gets remarkably better, guess what else gets better? Running backs quarterback, Taysom has time wide to throw. receivers, everything gets better. And he was on the money, too. Ta- part of what happened with Taysom Hill's completion percentage is that Taysom took too long sometimes. 
to throw the ball. Yeah, and get the ball out. What what made Beck and Hall great? They knew it where they were going. That, with the I ball. know he's tied in because of that. He's watching he BYU. Called Aldron Brown Algie. Algie. Huh? That's how you know he knows. I mean he other mispronunciations, whatever. Hine is tough to pronounce, whatever. But the guy's plugged in. So I appreciate what he has to say because it's just a little different. How can you not? Number 15 yeah. for O-line. Wow. What wow. is BYU football's strongest position group entering the 2014 season? Phil Steele says it's the offensive line. I say it's the wide receiver core. Jerem says it's the running backs. All three are close in his publication. They're all between 15 and 30 compared yep. to the other 128 teams in the country. Phil and I get along because we're two men with mustaches. <laughs> his... He's got about a thousand more hairs on his upper lip than you have on yours. A thousand? Wow. <laughs> I don't even have that many pores on my face. Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. What is BYU football's strongest position group entering the 2014 season? At Together We Reach. This, okay. <laughs> In reference to the Utah video. It's a fantastic together, Twitter handle. Th- this person reached out to me yesterday and said, Hey, new, uh, new fan of the show. I'm going to bring the noise tomorrow. At Here to, we are. At Together We Reach. YouTube together it. We reach. YouTube it. The last time we potentially had this much depth and talent in the secondary was the 1996 Cotton Bowl team. I have said that a number of times. Omar Morgan, Tim McTire, Eddie Sampson. I feel the, the same other safety? way. I can't remember. Was it Brad? No. Oh. Brad Martin was a linebacker. Not Brad Martin. There was a Brad that played in the secondary in the 90s. Okay. Regardless, I feel like... Someone tweet us. Who is the 96? That is... Chris Ellison? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, maybe not Brad. Brad, uh, Chris Ellison. It, this is the most talent they've had since that 96 run. I totally agree with that. The secondary is loaded. 37 in Phil Steele's publication. I For I, BYU's DBs to be... That high? That high, that's something. That's something. Man. Because that's, that's often where... That is the toughest position for BYU to recruit. Is defensive backs. Why do you think that is? Uh, because the best defensive backs are fast, and BYU has a hard time recruiting uh, the fast guys. Yet, but the recruiting class the that double, they just put together the has double been, minorities. Has That's been what we're talking speed about. Speed heavy. African American, non LDS. They have gone outside of their normal recruiting circumstances for a reason, and I think it's because they feel like this is the year that they can be special. They they have they are making exceptions to what they have usually done. Well, I think this is a new thing going forward. I don't think it's just for this year. Oh, but I, I think, I think this it's is a new bit, pattern. Absolutely. Is, yeah, it's a new pattern. At Bronco for Prez, running backs without a doubt, the 2014 team returns players who accounted for 96.4% of BYU's 2013 rushing yards. Does that include Taysom Hill? <laughs> that, that has to include Taysom Hill, right? Uh, doesn't have to. <laughs> is he a, is he a can, running back? He also throws the ball occasionally. <laughs> yeah. A running back playing quarterback, as you described him at one yeah. point last season. <laughs> yeah. BYU's two great running backs. Yes. At Troy B. Adams. I don't know about strongest, but the one overlook group who will surprise many is the offensive line. Okay, so Troy's going with Bill Steele. They can take the leap. I think Tuni Kanuch and Nului Lapuahu, with that group, changed things for the better and the continuity of the second year. We hashtag... Phil still choosing the offensive line as the strongest position group next, along with the NHL and NBA Finals. This is BYU Sports Nation. Go Spurs. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. We are three weeks away from football media day. Don't forget, BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Video is on BYUtv.org slash DVR, and audio is on BYU Sports Nation 
BYUsports.com. You're watching BYU Sports Nation, the only nationally televised collegiate simulcast. And one. In America. How do you like that? And Canada. You know what I'm going to do right now? I don't know about Canada, I'll be honest. Here's how it works if you're new to the program. Beep, 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 beep. We throw out a hot topic, and then Jeremy and I will offer up our favorite hashtags that come to mind. Some of them are precogitated, and some of them are not precogitated. Zero for me today. <laughs> Number one. Hashtag this. BYU's QB depth. Hashtag not worried, dude. Taysom Hill is the man. If he gets injured, I feel like Christian Stewart is the guy that can step in and take care of the, th- take care of the program. I'm not worried at all. Like, it, it, it's okay. There are other guys coming in the future, I promise. Hashtag Saul Good. Some people wondering about this because Billy Green uh, granted a transfer release on Friday. Taysom Hill, Christian Stewart, Hunter Moore, a return missionary freshman, uh, and then McCoy Hill off a mission, and then there's a high school senior from Florida that's going to be a preferred walk-on. He will be the fifth guy in fall camp. BYU's good with QB depth. So, so, hashtag Saul Good. <laughs> Number two. Hashtag this. Phil Still says BYU's O-line is the strongest position group. Hashtag, I want you to be right so much, Phil. <laughs> I, long hashtag. I just do. <laughs> if, if he's right, BYU's going to have a really special season. That's huge. If the offensive line is the strongest group, how can they not win double-digit games? Hashtag, what in the world? That was my reaction initially. <laughs> but I think there's something to what he's saying. BYU can make a jump on the O-line. Second year of go fast, go hard. Same coaching staff, so you have 2J and I there again. You bring back 10 starters. You should be better and significantly better. But I brought this up in pre-show meetings before. What if the guys are terrible and then they come back? People just assume because they returned that they're going to be better. I think BYU has good talent, though. They will be better with those coaches. And they those, will. They will be better. If they're not, there's major issues. <laughs> Number three. Hashtag this. FC Tucson's bicycle kick goal versus BYU. Hashtag, hey, BYU was number one on SportsCenter. <laughs> Don't do that, man. Unfortunately, it was a goal scored against them. That's like when Aaron Francisco uh, got beat in the Super Bowl <laughs> against the Steelers. He's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. It's like, ah, that's not. Someone's catching a touchdown against Cool him that he was in the Super, Super Bowl. But yeah, Francisco was a beast, by the way. Yeah. Number four. Uh, do I get a chance no, to answer Number that? three, Jerem, go. What were we talking about again? I lost my <laughs> the, train of thought. The Tucson bicycle kick. Hashtag ridiculous. <laughs> it was at Mr. Pibb and Red Vines equals crazy delicious. That was so awesome. I saw Scott Heaton, one of the players on the BYU men's soccer team. He said, I know this was against us, but it was awesome. He posted it on Facebook. Nicely done. Number one. Okay, now let's go number four. Hashtag this. <laughs> Hashtag this. The NHL Stanley Cup finals are set. Hashtag why is there hockey in June? Uh, in all seriousness, I like hockey, but why, why are the NHL Finals in June? Don't ever call it that. It's the Stanley Cup Final, dude. No, it's it's the Stanley Cup Final. That's right. Yeah. I just committed a cardinal sin for all hockey yes, fans. Yes, you did. Repent, sinner. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> People aren't listening to BYU Sports Nation to get the latest breaking <laughs> no, hockey news. No, no, they're not. For me, it's hashtag takeoff, eh? I don't. I, I'll watch some of the Stanley Cup Final. I think it's cool. I won't watch all seven games or even a whole game, but I'll watch a period or two or whatnot or jump in, watch some highlights. It's fun. In June, why not? What else do we have going on the right World now? The World Cup! It, at once every four and years. And the NBA Finals! Yes. The Finals win in a week and a half, and then what? And the College World Series, which I would watch And the over. College World Series? 
Well, I'd rather watch the Stanley Cup final than the College World Series. Don't do that to me. Ping! <laughs> Number six. South Carolina and Florida. Number six. Hashtag this, an NBA Finals rematch. Hashtag how did we do the NHL before the NBA in this rundown? And secondly, hashtag <laughs> Tim Duncan trumps LeBron James. Spurs aren't losing. They're not losing. For one, Okay, LeBron James is greater than Tim Duncan. As an individual. But I think this is fun because you have the, uh, the evil empire dun, 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 in, the, in the heat. But then you uh, going, four straight going NBA for a three-peat, finals. which is very rare. Four straight NBA Third finals. Third franchise ever to go f- uh, four times to the finals in a row. And now the Spurs, the last hurrah with the foreigners who flop, plus Tim Duncan. <laughs> I, don't li- I don't like either team, but I'm going to go for the Spurs. <laughs> I, well, you know what? I- I'm not sure. The Heat's the evil umpire, but I like the matchup. I'm I think excited about the matchup. After I, last year, I will watch drama. every game of the NBA Finals. Lots my, of drama. My favorite yes, thing, every game, every second. My favorite thing that you said this morning was, I, I hate losing to teams that beat you with fundamentals. It yes. just bugs the, the crap Spurs out of me. The Spurs are one of the greatest teams ever because they're so good at basketball. But it's annoying because they play the game the way it should be played. There's no high-flying crazy dunks like Kawhi Leonard goes one-on-one and gets a dunk. It's like, that's out of system. That's how people felt about the Jazz with Stockton and Malone. Seriously. Except the Spurs have actually won titles. Oh! I'm a Jazz fan, and that hurts me. Yikes. Cougars in the Final Four, an amateur champion, national qualifiers, and your tweets all coming up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stockton Malone, I love you. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. You know what time it is, brother. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Air guitar. Soccer. BYU bounces back after Spencer Linton jinxed the team. Thanks, Ooh. buddy. Against Tuxen. Uh, Tuscan with a win Saturday over the Las Vegas Mobsters 3-2. That's men's soccer. Now to women's soccer. The 2014 schedule is out. I know uh, you're all about it. BYU opens the season August 22nd at Fullerton. The home opener is August 25th against Washington State. Mike Leach will not be there. BYU has a great home schedule, though. I like it. Ten games, uh, three good teams on the schedule, at least three good teams. LSU, Oregon, Portland. And Santa Clara. Great home schedule. And Santa Clara. Track and field. Six Cougars posted national qualifying marks at the Western Preliminary over the weekend. Andrea Harrison, Chase Dalton, Joshua Wyrick, Jason Witt, Kyle Baker, and Shea Martinez all headed to the NCAA Championships at the University of Oregon's campus from June 11th to the 14th. Lexi Eaton just missed out on a jump off that helped decide the final qualifiers in the high jump. Golf. Our homeboy Joe Parkinson won the Salt Lake uh, Championship Amateur yesterday after trailing by three strokes going into the day. Nicely done. Our homeboy. In the PGA. Daniel Summerhays finished four under at the Memorial Tournament. The four under was good for a tie for 28th. This finish now puts him in 39th place in the FedEx Cup standings for the season. Men's Volleyball. Taylor Sander and Michael Hatcher in the final four of the Off the Block Springbok Fan Choice Player of the Year. Tomorrow on the show, Skylar Halford, the first major benefactor of the BYU Sports Nation karma for basketball. I think it always existed, but then we discovered it with him. I think that's what happened. Yeah, that's right. We kind of started to pay attention after Skylar when he went up for 28 after he was on That was it. Peaked. We did it twice. The first time we had him on, he went for 18, and the second time he went for 28. Yeah. It's real, people. Rise and shout. Did you give it to Phil Steele? 
Should we? Sure. For studying college football 365 days a year and producing awesomeness for us in June? Generally, it goes to people associated with BYU in some way, so I want to also throw it out to all those with the NCAA track and field that qualify for the NCAA championships. That's a big deal. Nicely done. Six of them. Congratulations to the Cougars. Our Twitter question today is, which position group do you feel is the strongest entering the 2014 season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got three. <laughs> at Lafe Peevler. Can we just bring a bird in here? Running backs. Just you're like good, you're the... good enough. No, I'd Are love you a... kidding me? You're right. If we bring a bird in here, it will poop on the side. That bird is not indigenous to Provo, Utah. <laughs> Jamal Williams, Adam Hine, Paul Asike, Algernon Brown, the running backs. Or what at Lafe Peevler says, no deeper position with strong talent, period. So he agrees with you. No. I, I like Lafe a lot. At Reed underscore Crosby. Comparing to previous years, the defensive backfield could be the best BYU group uh, they've ever had. Best group BYU's ever had. Hashtag no fly zone. Early 90s, mid 90s, we haven't, I mean, 01 was pretty good. Gennaro Guilford, but. And I mean, unnamed other corner that I can't remember as well. Brandon, I can't remember either. Uh, <laughs> at Tansperry. I'm just going moving to the on. Moving on. I'm realizing how good most of the position groups are. Hard to go wrong. I say running backs. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the that, that's the proven one. The wild card. Uh, uh, definitely uh, the receivers. At Y Coog's rule, the running backs will be even... Is it Brandon sh- Haney? A, a Bra- Is that the yeah, other corner? Yeah, Brandon Haney. See, I was right. Brandon. Huh. Yes, you were. I was right. Transferred from Air Force. He was quarterback. At Y Coog's rule, the running backs will be even a stronger unit if the O-line is stronger. And that's what goes back to what Phil Still was saying. Number 15 offensive line out of all 128 teams. If that is the case, the running backs are going to have a monster year. Okay, they had 34, almost 3,500 yards last year. The thing that BYU needs to improve with the O-line and everybody is red zone execution. If BYU is better in the red zone last year, they're a 9 or 10 win season or uh, team. And then the discussion is very different uh, about this season. Just saw something on ESPN, top 50 college basketball coaches. Dave Rose is not listed not in the 50 in to the, 25. Not listed in the first 25, so... I'm, I'm guessing he's going to show up in the top 25. I hope he does. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think they'll put him in there. He, I think he deserves it. Oh, I think he's going to. I think he's going to get in there. Okay. Thanks to our guest Phil Steele and everyone on the crew. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on the internet. <laughs> get her done. Episodes of the show on demand at BYUSportsNation.com every afternoon and on BYUTV.org slash DVR. For Jerem Jordan and his mustache, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Mark Bellini. BYU Sports Nation, back to work tomorrow.